Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. We can't not talk about the fact that the UN report on climate change is a stark reminder of the limited time available to prevent further negative consequences. I'm sure we've seen some of those negative consequences in the unprecedented weather events that we've seen around the world. Now, I know there are people out there saying, no, there's always been unprecedented weather events. I know there has. But, you know, you would be crazy to deny that the world's climate is changing and dangerously too. And the Minister for Environment, Eamon Ryan, has said that all countries must play their part in the solutions to mitigate the climate crisis. The Minister was reacting to a report released this morning by the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Crisis that details the current state of play. It's not all doom and gloom, and you all have a role to play. We all have a responsibility, I suppose, is the argument. Uh, There are many people out there, Joe, who believe that we won't be able to change things. But there are those who believe that we can. And I'm asking you, are you willing to change? Are you willing to change your habits? Are you willing to change, for example, the way you drive, the way you fly, the way you recycle, the way you maybe eat meat, all those kind of things to reduce agriculture? Are you willing to do all those things to maybe make this earth last a little bit longer? According to Sir David Attenborough, there's no going back. No matter what we do now, he said it's too late to avoid climate change. And the poorest and most vulnerable are those with the least security are now certain to suffer. And of course, he's talking about obviously third world countries and referring to third world countries. But to give you a bit more information on what exactly was in that report today is John Sweeney, Emirates Professor and Climatologist from Manute University. Good afternoon to you, John. Good afternoon, Niall. John, look, this is, um, I suppose the last big report was 2013. This is the next one now, and it doesn't paint a pretty picture. But is there any, let's start with the good news first rather than the bad news. Um, What's the good news, if there are indeed any good news in it? There's not a lot of good news in it, Niall. It's, it's, It's the key report which comes out of the IPCC process once every six or seven years. And, uh, it does represent, I suppose, the considered view of, of the world's atmospheric science community. It's, uh, it looks at about 14,000 different scientific papers and had considered about 80,000 review comments. But what's coming out of it is really, uh, there's a little good news. It says that there's still a window of opportunity for us if we act quickly to avoid the worst excesses of climate change that are coming down the line. I think the the good news also um, is that, well, um, if we stop emitting greenhouse gases and reach net zero, the world will stop warming. So that's the choice that we have. Is it true, by the way, because help me with my ignorance on the matter as well, that no matter what we do, the carbon carbon dioxide still remains in the atmosphere for a long period of time anyway? it does. It remains there for centuries. So that means that effectively there's a remaining budget. There's a carbon budget left that once we burn as a global community, we, if you like, condemn future generations to warming uh, for a century or more. And, and that's you, your comments about will we change? Uh, why should we change? I mean, why we should change is that we don't want our next generation, our children, our grandchildren to be condemned to what one climate scientist this morning referred to as a climate hell. Uh, And that's the reality if we don't act now. We know that, for example, there's a very narrow range of sort of uh, opportunity left for us in that carbon budget. We know also that Ireland emits, we may think we're quite small, we emit actually as much greenhouse gases as the 300 million poorest people on the planet. 
So we therefore are, however small, contributing to the failure of harvest. And Absolutely. So like we, all, we, all, we all do contribute. And, and I know we the all. figure given out was 0.094% is what Ireland's emissions are. But I suppose the argument is that, that we can do everything we possibly can as a civilised society and we can make the sacrifices that we need to make going forward. And I'll talk about those sacrifices in a second. And most of the Western world will make those sacrifices or certainly anybody that's signed up to it. But what are we going to do when the larger countries, who are, I suppose, the biggest polluters, uh, the likes of Russia, India, China, even the US as well, you know, are not playing their role? Well, then it's going to be very difficult for the rest of us to pull the weight, isn't it? It is. And that's the challenge facing the global community but certainly we can't point the finger at those bigger countries um, many of whom have only started emitting on a large scale in the past few decades whereas we in Ireland have been going much more strongly for several decades more we, the, the time for finger pointing is over we can't and I, and I agree that, with you but, you know. but, but the, the, I suppose the argument is that the less we do to damage the environment, in other words, if we have less industry, less pollution, we don't, we, we kind of move to electric cars or public transport or whatever it happens to be, or eat less red meat, that those other countries, which seem to be ignoring what's in the agreement, will then just produce more to make up for our losses and export to us, and then we'll end up importing meat. Uh, and, you know, those other countries will buy our second canned cars. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? So, I understand you know, what you're saying, yeah. but, I mean, we are not people who are sort of delivering the goods at the moment. We are the people who are worst, second worst in Europe in terms of our, our greenhouse gas emissions per capita. We can't point the finger with any credibility and expect other countries to deliver the goods if we are not doing it ourselves. It's rather like saying, you know, if you walk down the street in, in, in the city and say, well, my bus ticket isn't making much difference to the litter problem here, so I won't bother putting it in a bin. You know, we have that responsibility to act mm. as a, as a mm. responsible citizen uh, internationally. And indeed, we've signed up to that. We've signed up to obligations which we have failed to meet in 2020, for 2020, uh, something like 12 years ago. So it's not really ethical for us to start pointing the finger at other countries. But we can, if we are doing the stuff ourselves, then we can legitimately say to other countries, well, yes, you get your finger out and do things properly because we are doing everything we can here in Ireland. And that, that's the only, I suppose, ethical principle that we should be living on here. And it applies, in, it applies internally as well. We can't point the finger internally in Ireland and say, you in transport should be doing much more to let me in agriculture, let me in housing uh, sit in my hands and do less. You know, we ha we, we've gone beyond that stage now. Uh, this report is not simply a wake-up call. This report is a 999 call. And I, I was going to say that, listening, to, li yeah. listening this morning to some of the, the, the excerpts from the report this morning being read out, it does sound quite grim. And But here's the thing, and, and I'm wondering for my listeners and from my point of view as well, John, what is the difference between doing something versus not doing something, uh, you know, in the long term? And I suppose people want to see pen and paper. They want to see facts and figures and statistics and say, well, look, if I continue to drive my diesel car, go on holidays, eat me red meat and do all those things, what's going to happen? And if I don't continue to do it and I pull back and make all those sacrifices, 
what difference will that make? So give us some indication, if you can, because, of course, when we look at other climatologists and we, and we listen to what David Attenborough has to say, which is quite bleak, by the way, he says there's no going back. In other words, he doesn't believe that our changes and sacrifices will make a huge difference. So what, what do well, you believe? Okay. Will, what's, what is the difference doing something versus not doing something? Right. Well, you know I mean, I mean the, the report actually does tackle this problem in a number of ways. It looks at, for example, how much more frequent extremes will be if we don't do anything and if we do something. And in the case of temperatures, for example, the event which would occur maybe once in 50 years um, uh, will occur something like once in 10 years now. And that means that the the, the seriousness of uh, an extreme event will become much more I suppose, impactful, much more hard-hitting. For rainfall, for example, the event which occurs maybe once in 10 years is likely, under present conditions now, to occur maybe once in every three or four years. So, because they are the, you know, they are they the are things the that make... Things yeah, that well, they make people think, don't they? Because when <laughs> we, we had stormophilia going back a couple of years ago, and, of course, genuinely, people had a lot of fear. If I remember rightly, nobody went to work that day, and people were genuinely concerned their chimneys were going to blow down. So when we have something that affects us directly, I suppose we think of it more then, don't we? Well, we've had a heat wave that yep. made us think about extreme temperatures. We had a drought uh, last year which made us think quite seriously about agricultural productivity and about the nature of our food production systems and our water supply to our towns and cities. And the reality is that those extreme events uh, are likely to become more intense and more frequent and cost us a lot more money if we don't do anything. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. The, the, the cost of doing nothing is something is exceeded by the damages, something like three or four times as more expensive um, if we don't do anything. And, and that's something that we will impose on future generations of Irish people in terms of a, a capability to handle those extremes. Um, and and by, the way, by the way, can I, can I say to you, John, too, mm. we, we do know no matter what we do, there is going to be a change in climate anyway, because, of course, that's the way the, the Earth works. I mean, we, we're exiting, and somebody mentioned me recently, we're still exiting an ice age, essentially, right? So it is going to get warmer anyway. Yes, by doing certain things, we may be able to help that and, and maybe adapt to the way we live. But, you know, if the temperature of the world rises indeed by two degrees or the suggestion of two degrees over the next 50 or 60 years, I mean, can we adapt to that as humans? beings and how would that affect us worldwide because obviously the the report doesn't look particularly at Europe it's on an average basis worldwide so how would that affect us here in Ireland for example well the report does actually model what should be happening in our world temperatures in the absence of greenhouse gas loading and it says we should be slightly cooling at the moment Um, In fact, we've warmed by 1.2 degrees, which means that almost all of the warming since the Industrial Revolution is caused by us. How will that affect us in Ireland? Well, it will affect us principally through the medium of increased flooding, uh, of increased, uh, if if you like, problems in the wintertime, of increased water shortages in the summer, uh, of costs for our towns and cities to get a water supply. It will affect our biodiversity in terms of enhancing extinction of many species. Uh, It will affect our agricultural productivity in terms of what we can grow and what we can't grow and how viable our agricultural system will be. So there's a whole host of things. It will affect our health. 
I mean, we, we will expect to see more people dying in, in hotter conditions, as we already do in heatwave conditions in Ireland, see an uptick in, uh, in mortality occurring. So climate change is not something that we can sit back and say it won't affect us here in Ireland very much. It's already affecting us. We've already warmed here in Ireland by around 0.7 degrees. Uh, over the past 30 years and that's going to affect everything from our growing season it's going to affect the likelihood of storms hitting us the likelihood of damages from from storms as well so you know it's an all-encompassing thing and this report is simply saying to us the window is closing that where we had we thought we had two or three decades to get our act together now we're going to pass the critical thresholds sometime in the next 10 to 15 years and, and that really is quite a sobering reality for us which says, so what so f- finally john in relation to what we can do and our own personal responsibility of course the legislators have to do their job and, and they seem to be failing and kicking the can down the road to the next government but what can we do uh, as you know citizens i mean obviously recycling is an important part of this but i mean does it mean we have to eat less meat we have to switch to electric cars which at the moment are still out of most people's reach financially um use public transport more go on less holidays on aeroplanes and reduce aviation which has already been reduced quite substantially over the last 18 months are they all things that we need to consider now i think it's a case of every every little helps as the slogan goes we as individuals have a responsibility and we can do things at an individual level many of the things you mentioned i think are going to be essential to do uh, we're going to have to stop subsidizing fossil fuels we're going to have to encourage people not to travel in cars where it's possible to use bikes or walk for short distances. We're going to have to foster through subsidies and through changing budgets, enabling people to be more energy efficient in their homes, through insulation, through retrofitting their homes, etc. We're going to have to change the agricultural system to a more diversified system, less dependent on uh, methane output, uh, especially. And all of those things will help. And individuals can do things um, many of the things you mentioned. See, I, and I, th- I think individuals would be willing to do it, a lot of the things, as long as it doesn't affect their pocket. And th- this is the problem because, for example, you mentioned retrofitting. There's so many houses in this country have been built in the 1960s and 70s and they have old-style central heating. You know, they're now going to have to get heat transfer, I suppose, the heat transfer units. That's expensive. Uh, so if the government are going to pay for all of this and they're going to, say, subsidise, you know, electric cars, be it, or other forms of transport, public transport, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, well, then people are quite happy to to roll in behind it. But when people see it hitting their own pocket, that's when they're going to go, ah, I'm not interested. Well, you're right. I mean, that's where we have to start thinking about how we budget for these things. I mean, if we take the subsidies out of, uh, of fossil fuels, for example, it will release a lot of money for doing those kinds of good things. If we tax carbon more effectively, it will release money for doing a lot of those things. But we do have to have a just transition to the new, if you like, decarbonized and low carbon society. We have to bring people along with us. We have to ensure that people, especially the poorer segments of society, are not disadvantaged. And that can be done with proper leadership, with proper allocation of funding, with proper taxation systems. So, you know, it's not that, you know, people are unwilling. Uh, People are quite rightly concerned that they will have to bear a disproportionate amount of the Mm -hmm. cost. But they also, I think, uh, are very conscious of the fact that without making those changes now, the outlook for their children, the outlook for their grandchildren here in Ireland 
is, is going to be very bleak indeed. So I think people are very responsible uh, in, in taking those... Well, I, as I said to you, John, I think people want to do the right thing and everybody, everybody wants to do the right thing, you know, because obviously we would expect, uh, you know, accept the opinions of the experts who know better than we do, but it's, of course, the cost of doing that. And as long as we're not going to be taxed to oblivion to achieve that uh, as citizens, I don't think people will have an issue with it. But listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. John Sweeney, Emirates Professor and Climatologist from a new university. Uh, after the break, by the way, I want to know, are you willing to change? Of course, more efficient recycling, removal of petrol and diesel cars and utilise or improve public transport. Um, unless, of course, you know, we can utilise electric planes, a reduction in air travel, which has already happened, by the way. Anyway, upgrading your heating system to more what they call expensive heat transfer systems. Now, this will cost you thousands. So unless the government is willing to pay for it, Everybody needs to get rid of, according to the climate experts, um, fossil fuels. So we need to get rid of gas and oil. And 90% of people or 95% of people in this country probably heat their homes with gas and oil. And you have to get rid of it. So they have heat transfers. If you've been, by the way, say to the United States and you've rented a villa out or you've been lucky enough to do that, you will notice outside the house they have these kind of square boxes with big fans on top of them. And what that does is it, in places like America, in Florida, places like that, it takes the warm area in and cools it down. But it can also do the opposite. It takes the cold area in and warms it up. So that's called heat transfer. And they have little, fat, little kind of grills in each room in the ceiling. And it just blows in warm air. That's how we'll heat our homes up. And in the summer, of course, if it gets warmer, we can cool our homes as well with these heat transfers as well. And that would have to be paid for because your whole house would have to be ripped apart to put that in. Gone are the radiators and they have to put these vents in all over your house and rip your whole house apart. And it's expensive. You're probably talking 15, 20 grand per house. Who's going to pay for it? I can't see the government paying for everybody's house. And they may bring in and say, well, you have to have this done by a certain time. Uh, Renewable power sources. I don't see wind power, by the way, being the solution going forward. I think the solution going forward, and a lot of people might agree, is nuclear power because it is efficient. Reduction in eating meat to reduce agricultural damage and methane gases. Mm. Now, here's the problem. It's all well and good. You're telling the Irish farmers you can only have so many cattle in the field. And then we reduce the amount of meat that's produced in this country, which we're famous for. And then all of a sudden in places like Brazil or Argentina, they have more cattle in their field because they don't buy into the whole thing. And they start exporting meat to Ireland, cheap meat to Ireland. So that's going to achieve absolutely nothing. So instead of the fee- the cows farting in a field in the middle of Roscommon, they will now be farting in a field in Argentina. So, I mean, that's not. I don't believe that's going to make a big difference. But maybe you think it is. Maybe you think all of those things will make a difference and you can do it. So when you hear this report this morning, it's been all over the news today, does it make you stop and think, and are you willing to change? Are you willing to dump your three-litre car and go to an electric car or use public transport, which is the main thing for a lot of people? And are you willing to sacrifice maybe holidays because obviously air travel, they say, is a big polluter? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Are you willing to change? All right, some of your texts coming in. I don't doubt the existence of climate change, Nile. However, when these climate scientists and green radicals put their own livelihoods on the line, then I pay more attention to their calls for carbon taxes, reducing national herds, car sharing, etc. That comes in from Sean. Mmm. Somebody says, Niall, I'm not sure about this. For the last 18 months, we've all sacrificed. Now they're looking for us to sacrifice again. It's all a bit too much. Mm. Let me go to James. James, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, James? Afternoon, Mark. 
James, um, well, I'm sure you've heard well, all over the news this morning this report, um, and it kind of paints a very dark picture, doesn't it? It does indeed, but I mean, I, I got into research and I well got that um, there's a, massive fires in Greece for the last couple of months, and Greece don't have any of these airplanes that drop water. Yeah. If the Europeans actually cared as much about the climate change as I think they do, why would they not supply them? They're, they're available in France, Germany, and I think Poland. That they have water planes that can drop water. And that's why don't why don't they? Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. <laughs> You're getting another job. Um, well, yeah. Are you a taxi driver? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The jo- the jobs are coming in thick and fast when you're not available, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just I mean, if they care so much, why don't they just supply those planes to yeah the, the people in Greece and see if they can put this fire out quicker? Or yeah. even if if you look at the Siberian fires, they've been growing for months. Yeah, well, there's, there's some in California now. They've started in California. Mind you, can I just say that California always have fires every single year? So it's but not they, unusual. They've had them for a long time, but they are fighting them with the particular planes. These planes, yeah, they're, they're amazing. I've seen those planes. I've seen the ones where they literally fly over a lake and scoop the water up as they're flying. It's incredible. Yeah. They don't even land. <laughs> yeah, but realistically, why can't they provide them? Even if they lo- just loan them out, get rid of the fire. Mm. Yeah. How many, how many household fires are there burning in Greece at the moment? As in... If, if everybody in Ireland were to light a fire, you wouldn't get the same kind of smoke or heat from it. Well, thank- thankfully in Greece, it seems the worst of it's over now at this stage. Yeah. Say, a lot of them are, have subsided now at this stage. But James, are you willing to play your role? As a taxi driver, by the way, you know, obviously, you know, you're burning fuel there. Are you going to get an electric car? Oh, we are trying, but <laughs> the price of things are mad. Now, the government are giving grants. For but there's a 20,000 20, euro grant, isn't there, for it taxi is, drivers? But, yeah, It is, but you have to pay the 20 grand yourself first before you get it back. And oh, I'll, right, okay. There's, there's been no business in taxis for the last two years. So, <laughs> so having 20 grand sitting around in your bank account is not an option, probably. Yeah. <laughs> not at the moment. And if I had, I'd nearly give it to the kids for a deposit for the house to get them out of mine. Oh, right, 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 okay. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what car were you thinking of going for? What electric car were you thinking of going for? The, I was looking for a Kia Nero bus okay. with the 20 grand that's beyond me at the moment and how much, how much is it new? it's 45 grand new ok so it's still 25 grand with the 20 grand grant yep ok and what's the, what's the stipulation of the 20 grand you have to have a car over a certain well, what is it? Uh, no once you're willing to scrap your car and get an end of life search, so if, if um, you had like a 2017 car and you can you can scrap it no I don't think so you have to have it's a car over 5 years old over 10 years old what is it no uh, so long as you're willing to scrap the car for end of life and it's uh, using petrol or diesel oh right okay I didn't know that Anyway, but uh, I mean, I, when you listen to the report this morning, and okay, you're willing to do your bit, you're going to recycle, you're going to do all those bits, change your car, etc., etc. Are you willing not to go on as many foreign holidays, not to use aviation as much, or pay extra taxes if you do? <laughs> well, in, well, in the in last the, year and a half, we haven't done much of that anyway. I, I get <laughs> you, but going forward, are you willing to do that? Yeah, but I mean, I, I would, I'd be a fan of going on holidays, no, but yeah. realistically, I can't. We can't, my, my other half won't go any because of COVID. Right, okay. But, I mean, realistically, if, if we're used to going once a year, twice yeah. a year, maybe. Okay. Maybe you go but are, are, you, are you willing to pay an extra bit of money because they may pop on some climate tax onto it, or, you know, to kind of discourage people from doing it? But, but yeah. okay, so the bottom line is you're willing to do your bit, but are you worried when you read, well, I know you haven't read the report, probably most people haven't, but you've heard the bits and pieces on the radio probably today. I mean, does it worry you? Does it concern you? Or are you one of these people who might think, gosh, look, whatever it'll be, will be? Well, you would be worried for not for yourself, but for even the children, grandchildren going forward. Mm-hmm. But realistically, you have to 
you have to worry about the future and live your life. So, is what it, can you give up? What do can you, you do? Okay, so you live life in the moment. <laughs> is, that, is, that yeah. what you, is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> All right, well, look, I, I'm glad you're willing to do your bit anyway. Thanks, James, the taxi driver. Let me go to Anya. Anya in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Anya? Hello. Really Hello. lovely rain down here, climate change. Oh, is there, what, what, what part of the country are you in, Anya? Galway. Okay, I, well, it, it kind of rains quite a lot in Galway anyway at the best of times. You wouldn't need climate change for that, would you? Yeah, but it's used to before, you know. Do you think it's... Do, now, have you, okay, so have you noticed a change? Yeah. Okay, all right, okay. And another thing, you know... Um, People with all these perfect gardens, it's obvious they're spraying because I'm loaded with nitrogen and every kind of... Right. Uh, so they're spraying. And in your house as well, you've got the paint on the wall. It's toxic. You use the natural paints. My house is painted... Well, it's my nephew. Just give me all this information. The house is always, you know, natural paints. A house, wooden houses. Right. Wooden houses. They're, they look nice. They're environmentally friendly. They're cheap. I know somebody, two-bedroomed house, 60,000. 60, a wooden house. A wooden house. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't be the most energy efficient, would it? If it was wooden. Of course it would. Well, uh, it depends on how it's being built. Yeah. Yeah. Wooden houses are, I know for a fact. Oh, you, you, okay. Yeah, wooden build. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, Anya, are you, does climate change worry you? I'm sure you've been listening to the news well, this morning. Well, it worries me for, for all my... For your grandchildren. My, I have no grandchildren. Oh, you have no grandchildren. Sorry. <laughs> That was presumptuous of me. Grandnieces and all nephews and all. Yeah, grandnieces and yeah. nephews. Yeah. Yeah. No, and they're, you're not doing enough here. Everything, everything is in plastic. It's they're still doing it. But on you, so you told me before you smoke. Yeah. So I suppose sticking a cigarette in your mouth and blowing out the smoke. I mean, realistically, uh, everything smoke. we do, everything we do, does damage the planet. Where am I planet. out the smoke? Out to myself. Nobody I'm, else. All right. Well, I'm just saying. But everything you do, everything we do damages the and planet. Then, you know, do you eat a bit of red meat? Do you like a bit of red meat? Rarely. All right, okay. Would you go on holidays? No. Do you drive a car? Just to the shopping mass. Right, but you'll change. You'll, you'll, you'll walk instead, will you? Oh, gee. <laughs> I couldn't walk nine miles. <laughs> would you get public transport? All right, I've done the marathon if I could do that. <laughs> would, you, would you get public transport instead? Yeah. Okay. If it was available to you. You know, why don't people, they used to do that before, change, uh, you know, uh, you know, swap cars. Oh, car share, you mean? Cars going into Galway, this road here is... Yeah, you could tum a lift. You could go out in the road and tum a lift on you. Hmm? You could tum a lift. Oh, tum a lift, you might meet some, you know... What? Mad person. Crazy people. You know, you might meet one of these queer fellas. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them around. They don't, so much, f- so they don't have to be. don't have to be fellas, country. by the way. We're going. Sorry, yeah. Not so much in the country. I think you probably see them more so in the country. Mm? Well, I they, know you don't. Yeah, you'd be less chance of that happening in the I city know. where people are watching them. You have to go to Dublin to find them. You know. All right. Okay. Or okay. other cities. And when, when you when you hear climate change, you know, I mean, do, do you think to yourself like? oh, gosh, we really need to do something? Or do you think to yourself, well, there's not a lot I can really do? I mean, because you, you don't seem to pollute very much on you anyway, so there's probably not a lot you can do as an individual, is there? Yeah, but if everybody does their part, you know, you'll find now in America this will wake them up. And they're, do you think so? Well, in China now. Well, I don't know. I, whatever about America, I, you know, the, the Chinese will only benefit from it. Because if Ireland stops producing, or if we reduce industry across Europe, all that's going to happen is the Chinese will increase industry for the demand. We should sow more trees and more vegetables. Mm. Sure, all, all these vegetables are imported. We import flour from England. Yeah, but you're into your organic food, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I know. 
And you told us that before. And, the, and that makes a difference as well. Even do you grow you a bit of your own as well, aren't you, mm. out the back? Sorry? Do you grow a little bit of your own out the back? Well, now, I'm not much good at an attractor plowing, you know. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, do, would you not plant a few spuds, a bit a head of lettuce or something? Well, you could do Tomatoes. it, you do it in, a, in, a, in a small way, but not, yeah. not you know, and your own apples. Because the ones you buy are not the same, or the potatoes are not the same. No, but, no then the potatoes have changed. Yeah. Definitely. Whatever they're doing, they're spraying them and they're doing everything with them. No, I, oh, I didn't know about the, well, whatever about the spraying. And if you looked at T.G. Carr, it would educate a lot of people. Would Ages it? ago, they showed the ice melting and they showed a ship going through a place where it never went before. Yeah. So, you know, they'd have it a little bit late, you know, to yeah. wait. Yeah, you, so do you think it's too late? Oh, I don't know. No, I'm not a scientist. The <laughs> end is nigh. But, See, I'm getting a lot of information now from my nephew, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Well, okay, well, I, well, as long as you're not worried out of your mind, because the impression I got this morning, you know, when I'm listening to the news this morning, particularly RT News and everything else, is that, you know, half the population would be worried out of their mind. Yeah, but... Because it was quite doomy and gloomy. Yeah, but if they do the right thing, you can still do the right thing and have a good time, you know. All right, well, okay. Thank you, Anya. You, you enjoy your afternoon. Let me go to Lisa as well. Lisa, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Lisa? Hi, how are you keeping an eye on? Lisa, you've been listening to the news today because this report seems to be quite doomy and gloomy and grim reaperish, really, isn't it? It is indeed, it is yeah. indeed. Um, I just, I messaged in a while ago, I just, uh, like the world has changed over thousands of years. We have these cycles. I, I am in the Warsaw world of science. I'm not talking off my, um, talking nonsense. Uh, the Ice Age happened, it's happened on numerous occasions, the world changed, so I'm not saying the human race hasn't played a contribution to this, mm-hmm. but there is not much we can do, this is what happens, it always happens, that's kind of... It's a kind of cycle, know. isn't it? So, yeah. It's a cycle, it always happens, and oh, yes... Of so you're, you're kind of buying into what David Attenborough said, which was that there's no going back, no matter what we do now to avoid yeah, climate change, is, it's too late. And he is right, it's the world changes, it's how it goes, it's a cycle. And yes, we can do a little bit more, but with regards to Ireland, I pardon me now, I don't remember the name of the gentleman that you had on at the start of the show. Um, <clears throat> excuse me for that, but um, we have a population of just under 5 million people. The people that are contributing towards this is India and China. And do you think for one moment, if we went entirely green tomorrow, Ireland, for example, I'm saying Ireland, yeah. all electric cars, etc., etc., do you think the Indians and Chinese are going to listen to us? No. Well according to, well, according to Professor John Sweeney, we can't have that attitude because his, his analogy, which I kind of get, was if you're walking down the road and you have a bit of rubbish in your hand, you wouldn't just throw it away thinking, sure, I might as well, everyone else is doing it anyway. Oh, no, I respect you, Do you understand what I'm saying? Now? Oh, no, I do respect that completely. Yeah. But for all of our new bills, there's no chimneys, they're all modern um, heating ways of doing it, central heating, etc. So we're yeah. doing as much as we can. But you can't turn around to myself, yourself, anyone and say, oh, get rid of your car, you need to get an electric car. Where's that money coming from? I'm not a rich person. <laughs> so Well, um, not, you know, not at the moment. I don't, think, I don't think most people could afford an electric car at the moment. Yeah, they're very expensive. They want us to do that. Why don't they make them cheap? Mm-hmm. Well, they'll have so, to subsidise it. And the same comes to heating. But if you want everyone to get rid of oil and gas, which is 95% of the population when it comes to heating, they're going to have to subsidise it because it will cost a fortune for people to transfer. Well, of course, if they want us to do that, I'm completely on board. But at just the point I'm trying to... We were talking about actually in work last week, actually, about this whole thing, is... Even if we do all that, and we are doing our bit, we are doing our bit, even if we do all that, the Chinese don't even have human rights. Never mind talking to them about um, environmental crap. They're not going to listen to us. Do you feel sorry for the Irish farmers who are now going to be forced yes. into a situation and, where they won't be allowed to have as many cattle? That's another thing. 
We've eaten red meat throughout thousands of years. Why all of a sudden is that a problem? But it's not It's not the red meat that's the problem. It's the cows farting in the fields is the problem. Yes, yeah, but why all of a sudden is that a problem? So I, I don't need to laugh. No, I know, I know. Well, I suppose they're, they're saying, and I'm only giving you their version of events, is because the population of the world has got so much bigger. There's 8 billion people versus, say, 2 billion uh, 100 years ago. We need more meat and more cows you know, to fart in fields. But I, I agree with you, by the way, because by telling the Irish farmer he can't keep as many cows, it just means that the people of Argentina or Brazil will have more cows. Exactly, uh, and that's what will happen. So they'll just be farting in a different country. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, I know that puts it quite lightly, yeah. I'm not, being, I'm not being flippant, I'm making a genuine point. By no, the way. no, you're completely right, but I just, what's going on at the moment is, yes, we can do X, Y, and Z, like Eamon Ryan, to be honest with you, I don't have much time for the man, uh, that's me putting it politely because it's daytime radio, but suggesting that we share cars in the country. I live in Athlone myself. Oh, he did say that come back about a year and a half ago, didn't he? Before yeah, that, was before that. the COVID, yeah, that we should all, in a, what was he said, in a village or a town with 2,000 people, there should only be 200 cars. Yeah. Yeah, and they should all share cars. Well, that, as I said, the, the basic point I'm coming down to is no matter what we do, and we are doing our piece, I understand that gentleman that was on earlier on, what he's saying. I do recycle, I bring my bottles to the bottle bank every few weeks, etc., etc. We can do, well, we are doing our piece, but it doesn't matter. The Chinese and the Indians are not doing anything. Nothing. Zero. zero. No, well, it's not just them, by the way, it's Russia, and, and by the way, the United States as well are not really playing a oh, huge sorry, role. I oh, sorry, I don't mean to pick them out, it's just they make up for half the population of the human race. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so just to clarify, what the, the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, suggested was that a village of 300 people needs just 30 cars to operate. Same kind of analogy, <laughs> ratio-wise, yeah. But, um, no, yeah, we should all share the cars. Yeah, we should share our cars. Would yeah. you do that, Ryan? Yeah, we, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going out tomorrow, Lisa, can I just borrow your car, and then we can give it to the neighbour down the road, then the next day, they can borrow yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I, do, I do see what he's trying to say, but it's just not practical, is it, really? Yeah, would you everyone, do that? You live in Dublin, would you do that? Unless everyone gets on. You know what yeah, I mean? Unless everyone gets on very well. But no, I'm, I know I understand. Like, I do that something needs to be done. And I have seen the weather changes. Like, my good grief, the heat wave that we had was not normal for Ireland. But the, but, well, when you say not normal, we've had loads of times where we've had a, a yeah. week of beautiful weather. And it was only a week and a half of beautiful weather. We, we haven't had that temperature. That temperature was a little bit higher than we've normally experienced. But we've had close on us many times. Yeah, but... It's the cycle that's going on, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't think whatever we can do, I don't think we'll make a difference. That's just my thoughts. That's all. We were, as I said, okay. We were talking about work, and um, so are, are you? Are you willing to change, Lisa? Just finally, change what? So I shouldn't drive a car. Well, yeah, you should use public transport more. Um, I live out in the country. Um, now there isn't much of public transport. Uh, I get you. Well, they'll have to improve that before you make any changes, Lisa. You're right. Okay, thank you very much indeed, Lisa. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.